You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to yet another Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, it's me, Colm, here. DJ, uh, you know, he's feeling a little bit tough after the Wells report came out, Tom Brady suspension. But we have got a man who knows a lot of stuff about the New England Patriots. And usually at the start of the show, I waffle on for a little bit before getting a guest on. But on today's show, we're going to get straight into it. And it's our man, Russ Goldman, over stateside. And uh, no better man to, to get through all this stuff about the New England Patriots. And maybe a little bit more level-headed uh, than what DJ would go through it. But uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll have to be the moderator yet again. But Russ, uh, thanks as always for joining us. Thanks for having me back, Colin. I look forward to talking to you about this. You know, again, it's a tough time right now to be a New England Patriots fan with all this news. And uh, we're still trying to get our heads around it over here. As, as I mentioned to you before we started, it's been nonstop since the Wells report came out. And now we have the uh, the sanctions against the Patriots and Tom Brady to, to discuss and... Uh, you know, there's a good amount to get through, but I look forward to going through it with you. Yeah, of course you mentioned it is a tough time being a New England Patriots fan at the minute, but let's just take uh, one second to, to step back and remember that they are the current Super Bowl champions, so couldn't all be that tough for us, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you put it that way, because uh, when when the Wells report came out and, and then, of course, the punishment was laid down by the league, I tweeted out that uh, there are a couple things that, that I know to be true that cannot never be changed regardless of uh, any fines, any suspensions, is that the Patriots have now won four Lombardi trophies. And Colin, I've now seen four in my lifetime. I had hoped for one. Yeah. So I am blessed to have seen four. And uh, the Patriots actually have a pretty good roster moving forward for next season. So is it rough? Uh, it's rough media-wise and, uh, and the talk around here, but... It's still, I still feel very blessed to be a Patriots fan, and we, we all should. And the one interesting part about all this, it actually, the, uh, the Walls Report and the punishment has galvanized Patriots fans together all over the world. So if it's done anything, it's brought our community together. Yeah, I've noticed that, especially on social media. There is a, a lot of, you know, more po- the fans trying to stick together while maybe some of the other fans are really trying to lay it on to the Patriots. But I've tried to stay in neutral ground. Obviously, people are saying that it's cheating. Uh, the Wells report came out, I think it was late last week, and then the punishment of Tom Brady, four-match ban uh, at the start of this upcoming season, which he will appeal. And then, of course, the Patriots getting fined a million dollars and also getting a couple of draft picks taken off them, including next year's first-rounder. But we'll see on, on appeal how that goes. But, you know, when uh, people talk about... People are still going on. I on uh, Twitter, the Jets UK fan group. I had quite a discussion with them when the news came out, and they thought it wasn't a harsh enough penalty. To be honest, I thought anything over two games was going to be extremely, extremely harsh on Tom Brady. A lot of quarterbacks around the league have some way of uh, improvising. Maybe let's call it everyone's just tampering with the footballs. And of course, uh, I'm a Packers fan. I'm sitting here at the minute in a, in a Green Bay Packers hoodie, and you know it's well known that Aaron Rodgers likes to blow the balls up too much. So you know right. when you're going around the league, is everyone going to start looking on next? season it has to be exactly at this amount of PSA so on and so forth for the ball are we going to really really start to clamp down on these things or what's going to happen I've heard other people send things like you know maybe after the season they'll say well just we'll let the quarterbacks have the ball whatever way they want but can't really suspend uh, the Super Bowl one an MVP for four games and then just say oh well from now on we'll just let you do whatever you want with the ball so going forward what do you think is going to happen and your thoughts of course on the the punishment sure first on uh on how the league is going to handle this moving forward. Uh, I truly believe that 
that uh, it's going to be at the level, I believe it's 13.5 PSI yep. to 12.5 PSI, and I think they're going to have the balls under lock and key until they go to the field now. I, I, I think that uh, quarterbacks are going to complain moving forward, you know, based on uh, based on that, because, again, they're going to be very tough on this, and uh, I think that's one thing that, that – uh, I've learned, you know, again, from, listen, I'm going to be honest with you about the Spygate situation. Everything changed after that. The Patriots were punished and we moved on. But but the way things were done after that, things did change. And things are going to change again uh, in regards to how quarterbacks have their balls. They will be between 12.5 PSI and 13.5 PSI moving forward. It's going to affect every team. It's going to affect every quarterback. And I don't see that changing. And, and that's fine. I don't have any problem with the league clamping down, as long as it's league-wide, Colin. Yeah. It's not just a Patriots thing. It now is a league thing because, again, I still find it hard to believe that the Patriots were the only ones that, you know, have, have had issues with with uh, with situations with with um, with PSIs. I mean, I'm talking about with, with, with the quarterbacks liking the ball a certain way. I'm not saying any other quarterback or even Tom Brady have purposely tried to manipulate the balls after the uh, – after the balls were inspected by the refs. I personally don't think the Patriots did that. That's just my opinion. But, again, these balls, there'll, there'll be no question moving forward. We have taken that out of the realm, and the quarterbacks can complain all they want. It's now it's now up to the league to make sure that, that the balls are now inspected and at those levels uh, during the game. And so, so, so now there shouldn't be any issue with um, – with thinking that there's any manipulation of the balls. Like I said, the quarterbacks might not like it tough because uh, because I don't want there to be any situation moving forward that we have this di- we have this discussion moving forward. And uh, in regards to the Patriots and the punishment, honestly, I think it's extremely harsh on both the Patriots and on Tom Brady. Uh, you know, again, listen, I, I named my son after Tom Brady. And it's a difficult one for me, honestly, uh, because, again, I, I've looked at this. I've read the Wells report. I've looked at everything in and out. I've tried to read it a few times. And uh, I've said this before, Colin. I'd be happy to say to you, definitively, one way or another, the Patriots did something to the balls. Tom Brady was involved one way or another. The problem is that the Wells report doesn't really give me that. You know, it gives me assumptions. It, it, it's, it gives me generally aware from Tom Brady and more probable than not from the Patriots. And, you know, I'm talking about, about the two gentlemen that were involved, Jim McNally and, uh, and uh, I forget his first name, but his last name being Jastrzemski. You know, again, the two guys that, that were, were involved in this situation with Deflategate. Um, you know, again, there, there are some very interesting text messages in there. But, again, I don't see the outright link to Tom Brady telling these two guys to do something yeah. illegal. I don't see where in these text messages that these guys have done something illegal. Again, there, there, there are things that, you know, that there's circumstantial evidence that makes you, makes you pause and makes you think that maybe. But after this investigation, I don't think it gives anyone the closure that you want on it. It doesn't definitively say yes or no. So that's the problem that I have with this. You know, again, we were just talking about this on Patriots 4th and 2. Should the Patriots have some kind of uh, penalty given to them because uh, Jim McNally took the balls and went into a a locked room for 100 seconds? Yes, I think the Patriots should be fined for that. 
totally. I think they should be fine for that. I think, again, maybe they should be fine for not allowing the league to talk to Jim McNally once again. Again, I think they should be fine for this. I don't think they should be dark draft picks. In regards to Tom Brady, again, I think that he should be fined for not handing over text messages to the investigators, to Ted Wells. He he and his representative were there for, I believe, over three hours, it's been reported, uh, going over and answering their questions. He refused to give over his phone so they could look at text messages. Tom Brady should be fined for that. He should be fine for that, but he should not be suspended. Sorry, I disagree, I disagree with the suspension call. No, again, that's my opinion on it. People might might differ on that because I, you know, again, I don't see the direct correlation between Brady and the guys, and I don't see anything in this investigation saying that these employees of the New England Patriots deflated footballs i know i know as well on the point that you're making there and i'm not a patriots fan but i i I very much agree with what you're saying but when you look at the the punishment for tom brady the reason that i thought the punishment of a two-game suspension could possibly be forthcoming was the fact that he didn't cooperate fully with regards to handing over his text messages handing over his phone handing over his emails because there's a possibility that in those emails and in those texts there's evidence that would incriminate him to to the point that it would be more definitive but I think that the, a lot of people are talking, obviously the whole issue at the start was the balls, but I think the issue for the, the ban, the four-match ban, is more for not cooperating more fully with the investigation with regards to the, the mobile phone and the emails. Do you think that, or do you think it is purely based on the balls? Because in my opinion, the thing with the ball is, well, the ball was a bit deflated. I don't really care one way or the other if the ball is a bit too inflated, a bit less inflated. But when you're in an investigation and you don't hand over evidence, if you're in a, a criminal investigation and you don't hand over evidence, kind of makes you look a little bit more guilty, doesn't it, that way? Yeah, listen, I think I, um, I tend to agree with most that you just said, that, that, the, uh, that not cooperating, I guess they say not cooperating fully, he answered all their questions, but he did not hand over his phone or, I guess, emails. I, I think they mentioned possible emails too, but, but I think they were more interested in text messages. And, uh, and what's interesting, Colin, and again, going back to text messages, there are text messages between Tom Brady and Jastrzemski because Jastrzemski had a Patriots phone, so they do have correlation between between uh, between Brady and Jastrzemski. They just don't have it on from Brady's end, and I don't know. You know, again, you, people say they don't have any of his text messages. They actually do. Yeah, they have half. They just don't have directly from Brady's phone, yeah. and you know, and uh, you know, and again, it's also gets me to think, well, what else are they looking for? Because they have the text messages from Jastrzemski. But, but again, I understand that that's probably where this is coming from. Uh, and, and that's why I think, I think that's more of an offense that you should be giving him a fine to. Yeah. But, you know, th- that's up for interpretation. And, but I do believe, like you, that, that it probably has to do with that, mostly. And, you know, and again, I think that Again, I think I, I think that the uh, league office believes that Tom Br- they're they're going along with the report that he was generally aware of uh, of potential wrongdoings by these two employees. And again, nothing's been proven to me that these two employees did anything. But there are these uh, text messages, but they don't they don't spell it out that that they did anything here. The uh, the other thing with it as well is uh, obviously. 
there has been the suspension. I think now with the appeal, obviously if they if they give a two game ban, the appeals that they can only take it down maybe to a one game ban or so forth. So if he puts right. a, a four game ban, comes out at the start, well, everyone can complain that it's too harsh, but at least the league can say, well, we're trying to put our foot down here. Uh, unlike the Ray Ray situation where they put him in for a two game ban and then it looked a lot worse and they had to right. extend it. So I think in this stage, I think they've given a four game and I think it might be reduced down, but we'll we'll see where that goes going forward. Obviously, in the fallout of it, there's been a lot of support uh, from the Patriots organization uh, Mr. Robert Kraft and uh, the likes of a lot I've heard a few of the players as well really back yep. him up and you know former teammates back him up as well and his you know integrity and so on and so forth I do think that he, he obviously if you're a quarterback you know the difference in the ball and, and so on and so forth that again as I mentioned doesn't really bother me all that much but in the fallout of it with uh, you know Tom Brady's agent having a kind of go at the independence of Ted Wells and so on what is your overall thoughts on that? I mean, do you think maybe they should have handled it a little bit quietly, or do you think they're doing it in the right manner? Well, here's the thing on on, on that, Colin, and it's a valid discussion to talk about the uh, situation with uh, with Don Yee, and I've heard him in several different places, and he is vehemently, and I mean vehemently, supporting Tom Brady, and basically I've heard it on several different occasions. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have his direct words, but yep. basically saying that Tom Brady didn't, tell these guys to do anything, and he's completely innocent in regards to all of this. And, uh, you know, if Tom Brady is guilty, why is his agent continually going out there? Tom Brady has actually said that he has done nothing. And, again, the one interesting part about all of this is, you know, and I've said this to others, if you believe Tom Brady is guilty of lying, because I've, I've heard this, that he's guilty of lying, you don't just think that Tom Brady is a liar. You think he's a habitual liar. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you you would think that he he uh, he lied to us in a press conference. He lied to investigators. Um, he must have talked to Bill Belichick about this. I believe he talked to his teammates about this. He talked. I, I assume you should never assume, but I'm going to assume that he did talk to the owner about this yeah, as well. Right, so basically, for me, Colin, if you know, if you believe that he did do something, you know, and again, I understand why, why fans of other teams believe that he did do something. But just remember, if you believe that, one, why, why is his agent vehemently fighting against that and saying, continually saying that he didn't do it and Tom Brady has come out and said, I didn't do it? Why, you know, why would, he, why would the support be so strong? On his, on him not doing it. If he really did do something, wouldn't you try to admit at this point that you did something? Yeah. And if you're Tom Brady, wouldn't you fight it if you did nothing wrong? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree. And you know, with Ted Wells, with the investigations in the last uh, couple of years with the NFL, like the back, you think back to Miami a couple of seasons ago and their situation down there with the bullying and rich incognito. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things. The, the league has got criticised so much for everything they do. So if they go one way, they get criticised. If they go the other way, they get criticised. They're kind of stuck in a, a no-win situation. And, you know, it is a tough... The, the fine as well, uh, the biggest ever handed down by the NFL, a million dollars. Right. And, of course, that draft pick next year. But, again, on appeal, this year could all be lessened a little bit. But, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about that. That is obviously the main talking point so far since the draft is uh, the whole the whole punishment to Tom Brady. But let's look at it now. Tom Brady will just say he's suspended for those first uh, four games, misses the first month of the season. Uh, are you going with Jimmy Garoppolo, or do you think there's a chance still to get a veteran free agent for that? Listen, if the worst-case scenario is what you just described, and uh, he's out the first four games, they will go with Garoppolo, and I'm fine with them going with Jimmy Garoppolo. I've watched a great deal of Garoppolo last 
year in um, in uh, minicamp and also in training camp, and then of course the preseason games. And then he did play a little bit during the season, and uh, I do believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to be the future Patriots quarterback when Tom Brady steps down. And, and, and uh, so. you have to go. You have to go with him. And and uh, if they want to bring up another backup to backup yeah. Garoppolo, I'm not against that. That was the, that was but, an, that was the question I had because yeah. at the moment it's a, an undrafted free agent from last year, I believe that is the the next in line. Sure. So maybe you know maybe have a little bit of veteran backup for that there situation. The problem the problem with bringing in uh, a veteran backup is that the Patriots' defensive system is very complex. Right. And to bring someone from the outside isn't going to fly. Again, when Brady went down, Colin, in, in the 2008 season after the first game, there all this talk that they were going to bring in a backup quarterback instead of having Matt Castle be your quarterback. Yeah. And I think part of the reason that they decided not to go that route is because it's so difficult to learn the Patriots' offense. The other thing is, all if you get a veteran, you're obviously going to have to foot the bill for his contract for the whole season, whether you keep him for those four games and right. cut him, or you keep him the whole way through. But I suppose that's something that the Patriots will, will worry about when they get to that point. But obviously, with the draft in the right. rearview mirror, obviously the Patriots are wondering how they're going to start the season with these uh, suspensions. You know, other players suspended uh, running back, the running back as well, and you know you could be going with Jonas Gray there as his back, the Garoppolo's man to hand the ball off to. So it could be a tough. Tough uh, opening day against the Steelers, but looking towards the season and uh, a team that has said they're going to split some reps and their two former Patriots quarterbacks as well, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, the Houston Texans. Out of those two guys, who do you think that uh, should be the, the starter there in Texas this year? Because obviously Mallett went to them last season after being with the Patriots. Do you think that, having seen Mallett up close for a number of seasons, you mentioned you liked the look of Garoppolo. At one stage, did you like the look of Ryan Mallett or did you always think that they were going to have to get somebody later down the line? I always thought they were going to have to get someone else. I, I think Ryan Mallett is uh, going to be a career backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ryan Mallett has uh, has enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if he's your starting quarterback, you're going four and twelve. I, I truly believe that. Uh, you know, again, if I'm if if I'm a team and I have to choose between Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett, I am going Brian Hoyer ten times out of ten. Brian Hoyer can manage a team, manage a game. Brian Hoyer will not hurt you. I think Ryan Mallett will hurt you. Ryan Mallett has has the arm. Yeah, he can make big plays, the, but he'll make big mistakes. What? He'll make big plays, but he'll make big mistakes as well. He will make. I'm telling you, he will make huge mistakes. And uh, you know, again, he he's that he's that uh, old fashioned gunslinger kind of quarterback. Yeah. You know, and and in today's NFL, that gets you into trouble. And if you're and he's just not an accurate thrower. If you're asking me, if you're if you know if you're a team and you got to pick between the two of them, Brian Hoyer is someone that you know you can win with. I've seen teams win, uh, the Cleveland Browns win with Brian Hoyer. You you go with Brian Hoyer. I, I I don't think that there's a question. Does he have limitations throwing the ball? Absolutely. But you can win with Brian Hoyer. I think I I think you're going to win more with Brian Hoyer than you would with Ryan Mount. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan of, well, not a big fan, but I'm a fan of uh, Alex Smith. I know a lot of people aren't, but I think uh, Brian Hoyer's kind of a poor man's Alex Smith where he'll control the game for you and not make yes. too many mistakes. So uh, I think I think we're looking there. It's when the reps are split, I think eventually there's going to be more of the, the split going towards Hoyer. There's been a few injuries uh, for some of the rookies uh, signed after the draft. And, you know, over the last couple of seasons, the Denver Broncos have been a huge kind of stumbling block. Well, not stumbling block, you've beat them actually when you've had to, but, you know, it's been the, the main rivalry there in the AFC for getting to the Super Bowl and you know they they took a third uh, round tight end this year and uh, he's 
tore his ACL. He's going to be out, and they obviously lost Julius Thomas. Do you think that that their side has uh, weakened quite a bit since the off season? I think the loss of Julius Thomas is uh, significant for mm. them because uh, Julius Thomas is is really an accomplished tight end, and uh, and kudos to the Jacksonville Jaguars for getting that guy. I think I, I think he'll be a weapon for them moving forward, and uh, and the Jaguars are are actually looking better, even though that they lost their number one draft pick for the year as well with a torn ACL. Yeah, yeah. But but getting back to the Broncos, you know, I don't know what to expect from them. You know, I you know, I, I, I really you know, again, I can't put my finger on what they're gonna be. Because I think that they can be competitive. I never doubt Peyton Manning. I, I, I don't care about his arm strength. I'm always scared of Peyton Manning. As long as you have Peyton Manning on your team, you're gonna win between ten and twelve games. And uh, I expect them to do that. The change of uh, the change of head coach, I think, is actually a positive for them. So I still think that they're a threat until Peyton Manning retires. The team he plays for will always be a threat, Colin. Yeah, it's always very, very true. And people write him off uh, over the last couple I, of years. I would not write off the no, Denver no. Broncos at all. No, I think I think they'll still be in there, definitely fighting towards the end. You mentioned Dante Fowler, uh, first round pick for the the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have had some horrid luck over the last. Maybe five, six years of their their first round picks. Justin Blackman taken a few years ago, and then uh, I think it was was it Luke Jokel. They might have took uh, three or four years ago when they were up at the top of the draft as well. He broke his ankle in his first season, so haven't had much luck there. But they've come out and they give uh, him basically a fully guaranteed contract for the for his rookie uh, four years. So you know that's a nice move there by that team. The second kind of wave of free agency. Russell or Russ is starting up. Um, today we're recording this Tuesday or recording this Wednesday rather. Lost my days there, but. The second wave kind of guys like Wes Welker and that people who were with the team and weren't unrestricted free agents are now unrestricted free agents after today's date and uh, can sign with other teams. Is there any teams, as I mentioned, with maybe the running back situation in New England, maybe some of the people on the defensive side of the ball after losing guys like Darrell Rivas? Do you think there's any guys there maybe in the second wave of free agency that the Patriots might target? You know, it's interesting because we were just talking about this on the show. We, we're still scratching our heads, Colin, that the Patriots released Kyle Arrington, cornerback. Yeah, strange. And, and he's a slot corner, and he happens to be a very effective slot corner. But they did sign Robert McClain, who's also a slot corner, so that might be one for one. Uh, but I still wish that they did not release him, but they did. Uh, so, again, cornerback is a huge, uh, huge question mark for, for the New England Patriots. So I'm not sure if they're going to go that route. But I will tell you a player that we've talked a great deal about that we think the Patriots could very well be interested in, and that would be a linebacker, Colin McCarthy. Right. Uh, came in for a visit early on in uh, in free agency, and uh, I would love to see him come to the Patriots as a, as a linebacker. Again, a little bit of a reclamation project, but he might be, he might be found gold. So I actually hope that the Patriots can sign – Colin McCarthy, because I think that they need more depth at the linebacker maybe, position. Maybe and uh, can, that's, that's a player I would like to see. The Patriots actually just signed, I don't know if you saw this, t- excuse me, tight end Fred Davis. Yeah, I saw uh, it yesterday, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and again, I, I like this move that they signed Fred Davis because he is a, he is a pass-catching tight end. He was out of the league for one full year, so he's only 29 years old. I think the risk reward is huge here because you got nothing to lose and everything to gain, and now you give more competition at the tight end position. With now you have, you know, you obviously have Gronk. They brought in Scott Chandler. Now you have Fred Davis, and uh, you have Hooman and Tim Chandler. So I do like the move of the Patriots bringing in this guy, 
And, I, you know, again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots tried to grab a veteran cornerback. Uh, I just don't know who's available at this point. I really haven't looked at it, but but um, that's a position of need, I think. And uh, and every, most Patriots fans are still shaking their heads with the situation at cornerback because because the veteran quarterbacks cornerbacks that they have right now really are Logan you're talking Logan Ryan and because because they let Alfonso Denard gone um, let him go as well so now you have basically Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan as your as your two main quarterbacks along with Robert McLean and a couple of other guys that you that you already got in free agency but but if they're going to make a move in free agency moving forward I would hope it would be a cornerback you mentioned there as well, obviously, signing Fred Davis. I think it was the rg Therese rookie year that he had quite a good year, uh, maybe three years ago, but he suffered from a lot of injuries. And then, as you mentioned, he was out of the league last year. So maybe those injuries are healed up. Maybe, you know, he goes in and he's another pass catcher for, for the Patriots. And uh, when you look around, you know, you say uh, kind of a, a reclamation job or so on, but, you know, Bill Belichick's great at fighting those guys, as you mentioned, uh, Akeem Ayers last year, and he came in and got some yep. sacks. He just picked them off the street and uh, just come in and do a job. So no better man for that than uh, Bill Belichick. Just before we finish up, Russ, the AFC East rankings, obviously there's been a lot of talk about, especially the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins obviously to get Indominus Sue. I think signing yeah. him's good for the team, but uh, I think they have a lot of different pieces on the defense that are really uh, understocked now because of all the money going into his contract. So I don't think, I think the, the Dolphins probably the lower team this year, I think, in the uh, AFC East. And uh, you have then obviously a lot of talk about the, the Jets as well and the Bills. But I think we're looking at the Bills and the Patriots for who's going to try and win this division again. But maybe the, the suspension of Tom Brady evens it out a little bit more. But just before we finish up, going into the season, how do you think uh, that AFC East uh, standings are going to finish first through four? Well, listen, I look forward to Bills versus Patriots. It's funny because I, I host another podcast called Patriot Central Radio and the right. producer is a Bills fan so we, we have fun with that trust me he's a he's a huge Bills fan and uh, I actually I I believe I've always believed in Rex Ryan and that defense coach. is going to be unbelievable so if there's a team I fear it's definitely the Bills the the only the whole I shouldn't say the only question the big question for them will always be a quarterback yeah. because they have so many other good pieces Rex has really built a team that could can basically really fight the Patriots. Are, are they ready to win the division? I don't know. You know, again, it, it's a new situation for Rex, but the Bills are the team to fear. And then I would, I would go to the Jets. I, you know, I, I think the Jets again defensively they look scary. You know, yeah, you know the Jets look, look tough. You know, and 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 they brought in some offensive weapons. So again, the Jets could be dangerous, but you're also dealing with a new head coach. So. I think they might still be a year or two away. I do agree with you with the Dolphins. The big move of getting Indomitian Sue, yes. Indomitian Sue might be the best defensive player in the league. But I think that I think they're going to overall hurt themselves by making yeah. that move because they put so many eggs in that one basket. I think it's going to hurt them in, in the long haul. I, you know, again, I, I'm not sold on on the quarterback. I'm just not sold on him, on, on Tannehill. And... Uh, you know, that's that's the big question with all three of these teams. All three of these teams defensively can do a number on the New England Patriots. But it really comes down to can the quarterback beat the New England Patriots? That's the question that yeah. all three of these teams still have. You know, you know that's, that's going to be the thing that's going to take them over the hump. When they have that quarterback, any one of these three, then they can really, really 
face the Patriots and have a shot at, at winning the division. But until these teams get that quarterback, that's really what's holding them all back. And and I you know I think the division is tougher than ever. But it's it's still a quarterback driven league. Yeah, and I, I I do like Ryan Tannehill. I mentioned Alex Smith earlier as well. I think he's another kind of version of Alex Smith. But just a question, last question now, Russ is. Uh, you mentioned there if they had the quarterback, if you drop Tom Brady into uh, either of those other three teams, do you think they uh, easily win that division? I think the Bills. Yeah, I, I think. think they, yeah, I agree there. I think. <laughs> I think if you put Tom Brady on the Bills, if if you swap quarterbacks, the Bills win the division, and I don't even think it's close. No, I, because, I agree with you. And that you know, and, and again, that's not a slight on Bill Belichick, and not a slight on, on the Patriots team overall. It just tells you how important the quarterback is in this league. And I think the Patriots would still probably be ten and six, eleven and five, even without Tom Brady. But but here's the thing: if you put Tom Brady on the Bills, you're probably now all of a sudden becoming twelve and four. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you there. And uh, you've been very gracious with your time as always, Russ. It's been a lot of fun talking a lot of a lot of Patriots stuff, but also a few other topics. But I'm sure I'll uh, sure. have you on uh, during the during the off season again, and maybe even to preview that sure. Thursday night game as we uh, move towards the season. At least now. We're past the draft. We're starting to look ahead to to the new NFL season. So it's uh, all getting a little bit more exciting from here. So still the Super Bowl champs. It's been a, a tough uh, week or two uh, since the Wells report. But uh, keep keep that Vince Lombardi trophy uh, held high and keep it polished up for the, the Packers are coming for it next, uh, next season. <laughs> Colin, can I just share a couple, couple of quick things before we go? So I meant to, sorry, I, of course, I meant to say sure. that you could uh, plug the Patriots fourth and two. And uh, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> go ahead. No, 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 not a problem. I I actually w- wanted to mention a, a couple of things. You know, again, going back to talking a, a, about the Deflategate situation, I, I just want to stress this because, because again, you know, I'm the type of person that if my team did something wrong, I, I do want to say this, if my team did something wrong, I want them to be punished. I really do because uh, because it's important to me that, that my team plays the right way. And, you know, and and again, that's why I'm not against fines. I'm not against punishment. I just want to be proven without a shadow of a doubt that, that my team has done something wrong. That's why I'm coming on this. I just want to make sure I clear that up because I'm not a Patriots fan that that doesn't have my eyes open. And because I do have my eyes open. And you know, and again I'm not you know I'm not proven one way or another about this deflategate situation. I just think that we don't have all the answers and that's what's frustrating about this. If they did if the Patriots did something wrong they should be punished for it. I, I will always believe that. But if they've done nothing wrong, they should be vindicated. And and that's the issue with the Flakegate. I don't think it really does either, and that's the problem with all this. Uh, but I do want to mention one other thing, Patriots-related, that I've been involved in because because we were talking about galvanizing the fans. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine, his name is Mike Curtis, actually called into a local Patri- a, pa- a local uh, radio station, 98.5 The Sports Hub, on Saturday, and he came up with the idea for uh, No Brady, No Banner. And uh, and this has actually gone viral all over the world. It's be- it's, it's made, made the local news here. It's become a big deal here. And uh, I actually was interviewed myself for Channel 7 News about No Brady, No Banner on Monday night. And uh, the one thing that this hashtag has done it's really brought Patriots fans together from all over the world. And it really has been, become this us-against-the-world situation. It's brought our community together. There's, there's been so much bad that has been thrown at, uh, at the Patriots over Deflategate. One really good thing that's come out of it 
has been no Brady, no Banner, and bringing the Patriots fans together. And uh, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and uh, DJ, uh, I've seen quite a number of his tweets going out over the last few days with uh, that hashtag, no Brady, no Banner. So, uh, of course, the Patriots fans, uh, as I mentioned, have that Lombardi to fall back on. And we'll see, as the next few weeks go, how this appeal goes for Tom Brady. I, I expect it to be reduced maybe to a two-game ban, but... Again, we'll see. It's very hard to decide what way the NFL is going to judge in all these situations. But as always, Russ, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. And of course, just before we finish up, you mentioned Patriots 4th and 2. And of course, your own Twitter handle is at Russ underscore Goldman. And it's at Patriots 4th and 2 on uh, Twitter as well for that. Any Patriots fans, be sure and check that out. Because I know Russ just recorded a new show just prior to coming on with us here. So do be sure to check that out. Thanks as always, Russ. Thank you so much for having me on, Colin. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. As always, thanks to Ross for coming on. A lot of fun talking with him there. A lot of Patriots stuff on today's show, obviously, but as you can accept, that is uh, one of the key talking points over the last week since we last had a podcast. I think it was maybe two or three weeks ago. So last week I spent my time over in Portugal on holidays. A lot, lot better weather than we're having here in Ireland currently, but uh, Enjoyed the time away. While I said uh, that we would have a post-draft podcast, I actually had forgot that I was going to be on holidays last week. So then uh, with scheduling and so on, it just did not work out. So back again uh, this week, and we have some exciting guests coming up in the in the upcoming weeks, talking a lot of things like fantasy, some former players, some current players, talk about how their careers are going now, how they did end their time in the NFL, and lots of stuff like that. So stay tuned for uh, the upcoming shows. Of course, you can always find the latest shows on at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. It is uh, unfortunate that there wasn't shows for the last two weeks, but hopefully now we'll be bouncing it back and it will be a show each week up until the start of the season. And then some weeks there will be two sprinkled in there in between as well. So looking forward now to looking towards the NFL season, starting to talk more about what's going to happen, how things might pan out and so on. Of course, uh, we'll see uh, in the coming weeks if that Brady suspension is reduced to maybe a a two-game ban or what all happens there. As I mentioned on a few shows, joined up with the Donegal Derry Vipers. We uh, had our first game, I think it was three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago now. Uh, we did get quite a, a mauling at the hands of the Belfast Trojans, but uh, we are taking them on again this Sunday. We got them in back-to-back fixtures to open the season. So a very, very tough start to uh, to the club's careers, our first season. But looking forward this week to trying to maybe lower that score, see if we can keep it a bit closer and see how things go from there. Maybe uh, get, a, get a couple of touchdowns on the board. So we'll see how that goes. That's happening up in Belfast this coming Sunday. So if you're in the, the Belfast area you want to check out some games, uh, their their other squad is starting uh, at 2 o'clock and then we will be playing at 4 o'clock. There's up in the Harlequins rugby grounds up in Belfast. So if you want any more info, be sure and give us a little tweet or a, a DM on at Overtime Ireland on Twitter as always. You can find me on Twitter it's at the Colin Kelly. As I mentioned, Russ, our guest there, it's at Russ underscore Goldman. And uh, I'll be back next week, hopefully, with a, a good story about the uh, the game that we're having this upcoming Sunday, and, and we'll see how things go. So until we're back next week with another show, uh, stay tuned, as always, to the Ad Overtime Ireland feed uh, on Twitter. Do subscribe to the podcast, listen to multiple devices, and keep spreading the word as you have been doing. And, of course, until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.